The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello and welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by MTM's managing editor, Mark Osterman, and we have a great show for you. Joe is not here this week with us because he's busy teaching students, doing the best job out there. How admirable of him. So uh, we appreciate everything that you do, Joe. And uh, That reminds me of the uh, SNL sketch. Have you ever seen the one where he's like, attention teachers and students? <laughs> He's that vaguely like, familiar, but yeah, it was, uh, I think it was Jay Farrow. He would be like the principal at like a dance and he would always make like weird announcements. It was pretty funny. One of the few good SNL skits these days. Oh, it's a newer one. Okay. So I don't know that. I've yeah. A couple, I, always... I mean, it was a couple years ago. I don't, but SNL is just the most of the time now. Yeah. I like, I watch clips when they come on YouTube and you know, every once in a while I, I, I like, yeah, stuff, cause you, but I don't watch, you it. watch the whole show and there's like two funny moments. So you just, it's better when they just clip it for you because the rest of the show is usually garbage. <laughs> yeah, and for like a long time I had the stupid, you know how Hulu the last couple of years ran that, you know, it was a 99 cent promotion like a couple of years ago and then a 199 promotion. So it was like really cheap Hulu, but then you had ads. And so like I, a couple of times I remember trying to watch Saturday Night Live on Hulu and then got a crappy sketch and then you have to watch three minutes of ads and then another crappy sketch. All because I was too cheap to pay for uh, the ad free version of Hulu. I have- but- I have Hulu through uh, Sprint. Well, now T-Mobile, but like Sprint, yeah. when I sign up for my plan, I get Hulu and I get Amazon Prime. But the problem is it's with ads and I almost can't watch it because I even I will not watch live TV. Like I'll record it and start watching 30 minutes in so I can fast forward through ads. <laughs> my wife yeah, hates I, it. I, the same way. <laughs> I, I, Hulu, like I, I hate it when I have a, a show that I wanted to watch back then, you know, with the commercials. So they're the worst too. And it'll show you the same commercial over and oh, over yeah. and over That's again. That's what's the worst. So yeah. like, yeah, you just want to like, you at least want to see something fresh. So uh, yeah, not a, not a fan of Hulu's ad supported model. So if they ever bring that back. You can show me Maverick ads all the time. Can't wait for that movie. Yeah. I heard it's a good, didn't it already come out, right? No, I think it's later this month, like the 28th. I'm guessing like Memorial Day, they want to kick it off for that. Okay. Big we big movie blowout. But like all the ads and stuff I've seen look really good. And the Lady Gaga yeah, does look good. song, her music video, like the promo in it looks really cool. So I'm hopeful. I have high expectations, which usually ends poorly for me, but we'll see. <laughs> no, it looks, it looks good. So I'm excited for it too. I haven't been excited for a movie in a long time. Uh, I haven't been to the movie theater, not because I'm afraid to. Obviously, I'm on a cruise ship right now. Uh, but I just haven't been to a movie theater since the beginning of COVID. So it's been so long. Like, you know, I would go, you know, probably every couple months. I wasn't somebody that went so often, but I, I miss it. I got to get back. You know what stinks is we didn't have the podcast back in the movie past days. And that thing was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Spent 10 yeah, bucks a month. I, I used to go like once or twice a week to the movies just because, you know, movie pass for people that didn't know was like a monthly program. It made no sense. You paid $10 a month and you had unlimited movies at certain theaters and you would even earn like AMC rewards and stuff on buying the tickets and stuff. So some people would go just buy a ticket and not go to the movie just to rack up rewards. And then they would game it other ways. Like they'd go, it would work other places. So they'd 
say they're going to go buy a movie and then go use it to pay for like groceries, which I mean, come on, like they're already giving you too much. You didn't need to do that. But, you know, no shocker. They did not make money and ended up (laughs) having a shutter for a year. But it was a great year. Let me tell you. Yeah, and just as I sort of got on board with it, like finally came around, I'm like, all right, I'm going to start using this. It stopped. What was the other one that came along? Uh, Cinema, right? Cinemia. Cinemia or something like that. Yeah, That last that one was a little more logical. You're allowed like two premium tickets or four regular tickets, something like that. Like I could understand having a cap. And that's when AMC launched their thing for 20 bucks a month where you could see like three movies a week or something, which I think it's still out there. But, you know, the AMC closest to me closed down, so I never really got into it. Are you a person like ever since I, you know, they really introduced like the the recliners at the movie theaters, I just can't do a non-recliner movie theater like the old school <laughs> seats anymore. So that so the Palms, you know, the Palms just reopened in Las Vegas, but they had the Brendan theaters in there and that was my go-to movie theater cuz on like Tuesday or Wednesday they had $6 movies. They had the best like lounge recliners of any theater in Vegas, cheap drinks and stuff like that. So I would go there and that's when I would always go to the movies and then of course that maybe that's why I haven't gone during COVID because Palms was closed. So I believe the movie theaters reopened now. So I'm excited for that. I'll have to get back over there. Yeah. It, I mean, they're nice. Especially when you go to like a kid's movie, that's boring. You can take like a little nap. Like I took my son to Sonic 2, which I, you know, Sonic 1 was was decent and somewhat entertaining. Sonic 2 was not, not so great. So I, I took a little cat nap in there and just kind of relaxed and, and hung out for a bit while he watched it. So it's always nice to have that option. I do enjoy them. So I, I look forward to, to going back. Uh, to that. Um, I did want to talk about, before we get into the main show, I'm on a cruise ship. I'm here in Stockholm on Voyager of the Seas, having a great experience, and I'll write about that. I did do the whole cruise episode a few weeks ago, uh, for anybody who hasn't listened to that yet, so you can learn about cruise hacking, everything I sort of know. Uh, I learned a few other things from readers, listeners, so maybe we'll do an update at some point. But I also on the website this week published an article about my seven cruises I have booked this year, and how I saved on them, how I got free cruises, discounted cruises. Crazy. Uh, Sort of, yeah, laid it all out there. I think uh, 50-something nights on cruise ships. So if you're interested in that, I just wanted to, to kind of, as a follow-up to the episode a couple weeks ago, I think they go well together, that article plus the episode on this podcast, to sort of at least get people started. And then there's some other plays, like I said, more advanced stuff that maybe I'll bring in down the line that I've heard from other people. So it's kind of cool to see how many more people are interested in this right now there is a lot a big crossover of cruise people and uh miles and points people which is interesting because cruising you can't really do with miles and points there's not a good way to do it except for like travel eraser type of stuff but that that's kind of surprising to me that they don't have more of a robust cruise point system like i think that would be a big thing but maybe they they make too much money but you would think you know all these hotels and stuff are making money selling their points to credit card companies, you think they'd get into that more and start a really good loyalty program that would be, you know, they'd be able to sell points right and left. People would be all over it. So maybe sometime in the future, but that's kind of crazy. They're leaving a lot of money on the table, I feel like. Yeah, basically like the cruise line credit cards, they all give you like one cent a point sort of redemptions. And yeah, when you're cruising, you're not earning points. I mean, you are earning, they do have their loyalty programs based on how many nights you spend with them cruising. And then the longer you're a customer, they're basically lifetime points. For instance, I'm on a, a seven night cruise right now in Royal Caribbean, but I'm in a suite because I got that upgrade. So I'll get two points per night. So that'll add 14 points to my lifetime total. And then, you know, every time you hit a threshold, you get more onboard benefits. So they don't really have a program in the same way that the hotels and airlines do, but uh, it's certainly interesting. And yeah, I probably agree with you. Uh, they certainly could do it because it's been so profitable in the other travel realms. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. And uh, we know that you're going to do your first cruise next February. It's part of the MTM Diamond Group. So uh, that's going to be fun. We're doing a three-night 
Bahamas cruise on Freedom of the Seas, and uh, Mr. Joe Chung is our travel agent, so that's all uh, good and fun, and uh, I can't wait to see you on a cruise ship, although I'm sure it's going to be like Mark level nine and a half, so uh, I don't know if the cruise yeah, we'll ship can Man that. overboard. Man overboard. That could happen. <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cruising, to me, that was never super interested in it, and... If I ever did do it, I wanted to do it with a big group. So that's why this is like perfect for the first time. You know, we're going to have like 30, 40 people going on this, which is kind of unique. You don't get to do that all the time. Pretty rare. So if that's something that sounds good to you, be sure to check it out. But I'm excited for that aspect of it. Like we'll be able to, to experience it all together. And there's quite a few people that are doing cruises for the first time, I think, on this. So that'll be interesting to see what everybody thinks. Yeah, and we talk about the Diamond Patreon every once in a while, but we don't really kind of go into detail. But we do have uh, this community of people that we're trying to build and get to know each other through meetups. So we have a meetup every quarter, and uh, we're going to have one coming up in Detroit, which is going to be like a kind of a mixture of a presentation plus our social meetups. So that's going to be really good, trying to teach people uh, how to maximize like sports betting apps and then some other cool stuff. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. And then we also have Slack. Benji does a, such a great job running the Slack. So Shout out to my boy, Benji, for keeping everybody uh, learning in there because there's so much good information in the Slack. And I'm just really happy with the community that, that we built and all the awesome people that have joined it. Yeah, a little plug for that. If you're interested, uh, that's patreon.com forward slash miles to memories. We love everybody who's joined and uh, we're excited every time we get some new blood and we get people that are really excited to share their knowledge and also to learn and everybody helping each other out such a positive atmosphere we're going to go on a cruise with these people so it's going to be it's going to be quite the uh, quite the thing but mark speaking of meeting with people and getting together and all of that you had uh, and this isn't for the patreon group you had a miles and points meet up in detroit this last uh, weekend it looked amazing you guys went to a soccer game yeah, so we, we do like, uh, you know, when the weather's nicer, we do like once a month uh, meetups with 15, 20 people in the in the area. So we get together, you know, like once a month and just kind of hang out at a restaurant somewhere type of thing. So I uh, had been wanting to go to this Detroit City FC, which is kind of, it's their professional soccer team. It's a step below MLS. They just kind of moved up because they won the division below that. So they just moved up to that level this year and the, pay- the players are paid now and stuff like that. So pretty cool setup. It's been going on. They've had this team for five ten years now i think and it's kind of grown so it's kind of cool to see and they have big supporters and it's in uh hamtramck which is kind of unique it's almost like vatican you know where it's like a city within a city it's almost completely surrounded by detroit it borders a little bit and one other uh, city so you can't really call it a city in a city but surrounded by detroit so we're like hey let's go there it's an old polish uh community hamtramck is and they have you know these old school divey type bars and just like a cool thing and the rouge is the name of like the supporters they do a walk to the stadium and they have their scarves and they have all these chants and they do smoke bombs when they score a goal so it's very you know european feeling kind of setup so we went downtown or went down to hamtramck and and bar hopped around there before the game went to a bowling warehouse which is football bowling uh, where the main meetup is where you throw a, a football at bowling pins which is you know, if you follow me on Twitter, you saw a picture of it. Pretty cool experience. First time I've played it, I've been wanting to check it out for a while. And it's a lot harder than you think. Like you think, okay, throwing football, but it's like 20 yards apart and you have to hit pins and the ball is a little bit deflated. So it just like hits and then bounces up. So it doesn't like you don't get the pin action that you would think from a football. Since it's a little bit deflated, it bounces a little bit more instead of rolls. So that was fun. And then we went to the game and we had this party deck, a private area for 16 people. And we're hanging out, watching the game, and then, 
you know, went out afterwards, went headed downtown and everything. So it was a lot of fun. And, and if you're in the area, you know, reach out to me and I'll get you on the list of people that we, uh, that we set these up with. Yeah. It looked uh, like a lot of fun. Is that sport, is that something that's in other cities or is it just Detroit, the, the football bowling? Oh, Foling? Yeah, I think it's only, the only place I've seen is Detroit. And we have the Foling Warehouse in Hamtramck. And then there's another place called The Hub up in like Auburn Hills by where the Palace of Auburn Hills, where the Pistons used to play. They have a big place there that has like axe throwing and foaling. I like it better than cornhole, which is, you know, a big game everywhere. And then we have this other thing called feather bowling that it's the only place that's in Detroit where you roll like this block of, it looks like a big block of cheese, like a big wheel of cheese. You roll it and try to get it closest to the feather at the end of the lane. And it's like a curved lane. And it's uh, a Belgium game. And it's the only place in the U.S. you can play it. I haven't done that yet, but that looks kind of crazy. It's almost like bocce ball, but with like a cheese wheel and uh, sloped uh, lanes. So something else to check out. But yeah, two kind of <laughs> unique games to Detroit that are are kind of fun. That sounds uh, interesting. Uh, an afternoon of that and some Detroit pizza and you got yourself uh, a great there day. There you go. There you go. I know Han from Chicago was like, oh, we're doing this for the meetup, and I didn't uh, didn't get that set up. I didn't know if people would want to do a physical activity like that, throwing a football back and forth. But it definitely is something we could do in the future um, if we ever come back out in this area. It, it, it was a lot of fun, really cool atmosphere experience. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to going to Detroit for the MTM Diamond meetup. Coming up next month, flying back from Europe straight to Detroit for some fun. Can't wait to eat some pizza because that's like it's like my the favorite. The feta cheese that's pizza. You got, you've never tried the feta <laughs> yes. cheese pizza. It's going to yeah, be I'm unique. Forward to it. All right, so let's talk a little bit of miles and points here. I had to mention this just because it's so crazy. Like, how crazy is American Express going to get? Uh, you wrote about this week a uh, 250,000 point membership rewards offer for the Platinum card. Thirty thousand dollars spend. So this is, is this the business Platinum card? Yes, and you get yeah. uh, you get six months to do it. So it's basically like two business Platinum signups in one. Because normally, you know, the big high offer now is what 150k after 15k in spend in three months. So you're getting six months, so double the spend, not quite double the points, you know, 300K versus 250K, but it's basically like getting two in one if you're targeted for it. People are getting it in the mail, uh, so that's something to look out for, but yeah, I'd jump all over that. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, they've just been giving out so many points, and uh, why not stop there? Will they go Will they go past 250K, you think? You think we'll ever see a 300,000 point offer? Well, that, like, I just got like my fifth business gold, no lifetime language offer in the email. I just finished one and they sent me another one. And I'm like, okay, you could sign up for three of these. And that's actually a little bit better deal than the, <laughs> than the business true. platinum because it's 30K for 270K plus better earning with the four time categories that business gold has. But I don't get it. Like the business department, I don't know if they're, they're trying to hit certain goals for their investors or what, but so they can trumpet hey we have all these new accounts even though it's the same guy has five accounts you know it's not five new accounts it's the same guy so you're not getting new addresses so i don't know what the plan is here it's just very very bizarre the amount of money they're throwing around it shall end at some point that's the the only thing that we know get it while you can universe yes is it will end at some point but look out for that in the mail and then maybe who knows maybe they'll start targeting people via email with that offer but right now it's in the uh, u.s mail so yeah and then that uh postal uh, preview stuff and check out today uh, capital one just upped the venture card 75k after four thousand dollars in spend the first three months which matches the venture x offer uh that it's at because venture x was at 100k and now it dropped down to 75k after 4k in spend so that's kind of interesting that they're at the same level and people are saying well you should still get the venture x true if you use all the available credits 
the annual fee is like a, a, a net zero. And you get all the perks like the Hertz Gold status, the uh, the lounge access, stuff like that. But a lot of people don't want to mess with that. And they're tired of jumping through hoops. You know, that's why a lot of people don't like the MX Platinum because of all the coupons and messing with it and the mental bandwidth it takes. So this card is a $95 annual fee. You can get the same thing. You earn the two times on everything like you would the, with the Venture X, five times if you book through the portal. But, you know, I know a lot of people like this better. So I'm sure they'll be excited that, you know, the offer went from 60K up to 75K. The problem is getting approved, of course, since they're a little bit stricter on that stuff. But it's interesting to see everybody's still rolling out these huge offers. Yeah, and people like out there, especially if you haven't been around the miles and points space that long, you might be wondering why would Capital One give the same bonus on their lower card? Like we saw this years ago with the Sapphire Reserve and the Sapphire Preferred, is Chase learned that the Sapphire Reserve, their premium card, is less profitable than the Sapphire Preferred, and they started actually giving better bonuses a lot of the time for Sapphire Preferred because, you know, they get more interest, income, and things like that. And that could be the case here. That could be why they're uh, trying to get more venture card holders, different, uh, perhaps different clientele that they're looking for. Uh, we know certainly Capital One, they really like to look at how profitable a customer is more so than maybe even any other bank that we've seen. So it's interesting, but yeah, good for people who are out there who can do it and yeah, they run all three credit bureaus, which kind of stinks. Anecdotally, we have seen more approvals, though, lately since they launched Venture X. They seem to have loosened up just a little bit, right? Yeah, at least for the Venture X. So they did for that. So the hope is that they did the same thing for the Venture. Now, you can carry both the Venture X and the Venture. The problem is they usually only will approve you of one card every six months. So if you just grab the Venture X, you probably can't get it. Hopefully it stays there out, you know, when you're out six, six, eight months out there, you can, you can try for it. If you, if you haven't had the card in a while or you had it in the past, you should still be okay. Uh, you just probably can't hold it right now, uh, would be my guess. But yeah, six months in between. So unfortunately, if you just grab the Venture X, you're going to miss out on this one for the time being, but hopefully in the future you can do it. All right. So let's shift to some Vegas news, but it's definitely miles and points related this week. MGM Resorts is taking over what many consider to be the best hotel in Las Vegas, Cosmopolitan. Now, Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas was owned by Blackstone and a partner of Marriott, uh, Bonvoy, and, you know, has pretty much been known to have pretty good benefits for Bonvoy elite members, certainly a tighter partnership than MGM has with Hyatt. But as MGM takes over, we learned this week that uh, they're not going to partner with Hyatt on Cosmo, at least as of now. So it's going to remain a Marriott property, even though MGM is going to own and operate it. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised uh, by that. I'm guessing it's contract related. Something was in place, so they kind of had to go with it, although they didn't specify that. Shout out to Mark Meltzer, who's the one that that uh, discovered this by listening to the uh, the gaming boards meeting or whatever. So that's getting into the weeds. So good on him for doing that. But yeah, I was, I was surprised by it. I, I'm, I'm sure some people are, and I said in the article, some people are happy by this and some people are upset. If you're a Hyatt loyalist, you're probably a little bit upset. If you're a Marriott loyalist, you're probably pretty happy. I mean, I don't know that it matters a ton on the redemption side because Vegas usually isn't great for using points, at least for the Hyatt properties, unless it's a crazy expensive weekend. But on the earning side of things, like being able to get that extra bonus when you're spending property, you know, spending on property at Cosmo because they have all the great restaurants and paying for the uh, for your room rate and everything, that would have been a nice perk but you can still earn Marriott points. So if you're a Marriott loyalist, you're pretty happy about that, I think. Now, Cosmo has its own program called Identity Rewards. That's their casino loyalty program. And that's staying in place now, too, while MGM takes over. They say it's going to take up to a year for them to fully integrate Cosmo. So I expect Identity Rewards will eventually go away in favor of MGM Rewards. But for now, 
Uh, Cosmo is staying with Marriott and Identity Rewards. So basically on that end of it, it's not going to change, at least for a little while. Uh, but who knows how everything else will change. you got a All year employees- of glory. <laughs> yeah, about a year. Uh, you know, the sports book's changing over within three months. Most of the employees are staying. MGM's allowing them to stay. So, And a lot of the management's staying too, although not the upper, upper management. They are sort of staying with Blackstone. But hopefully, you know, this will... This will stay good. They're they're forming a management pod. I don't know if you saw this with like Aria and Vidara. So the managers at Cosmo are going to report basically to the management of Aria. So I don't know how that's, that's all going to work out in the end. <laughs> but but uh, anyway, I mean, <laughs> yeah, this isn't the. We do have a, our Vegas podcast. We talked more about this on the MTM Vegas show on the YouTube channel this week. YouTube.com forward slash Miles to Memories. If you want to see us get deeper into the woods, but on the Miles and Points side. Basically, nothing's changing at Cosmo for now. So if you like Marriott, you like earning your points there, it's going to last for a little bit longer. Eventually, MGM's going to suck all the good stuff out of it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we love to be hard on MGM, but... Probably not. Uh, probably not kidding, though. Yeah, I'm not kidding. I mean, <laughs> but MGM, MGM and Hyatt's partnership isn't like it's great, right? I mean, you get no. these reciprocal matches and, you know, gets you things like now with gold. If you have Hyatt Globalist, you get MGM Rewards Gold, which is Wave Resort fees. But it never gave you anything great because they can see how much you gamble. So even if you have a card with a certain color on it, platinum, back in the day, gold now, whatever it is, they can see that you're you're a deadbeat and you don't gamble. So you don't typically get a ton of other stuff just because you have the card. Yeah. And, you know, somebody brought this up in the, the Facebook group when I post the article and they said, well, you know, at least MGM or Cosmo honors the status that you have at Marriott, which they don't do at MGM with, with Hyatt. And I was like, well, if you have status with Hyatt, then you matched MGM. So it's basically the same thing. Like you're getting that gold status. You're getting all those perks. So that's kind of their way of, of, uh, you know, working with the Hyatt status. So I don't think you're really losing anything there. I will say maybe Marriott is a better option for redeeming points because they're more of a stat, like they're more of a cent per point type of thing, a dynamic priced. So you're not really missing out if you redeem points at, uh, you know, Cosmo because you're getting the, you know, six tenths of a point where Hyatt is, you know, a peak, non-peak, uh, standard rate type of thing. The price would have probably been like 25k a night. If the hotel is 300 bucks that night, it's not a good deal. Where Marriott will adjust with the price. So maybe that is kind of a good thing that it's staying. If you have Marriott points, you can still use them there. Where Hyatt would have only been useful for redemptions if it was super expensive that weekend, which we have seen five, 600 bucks a night. That's when it would have come into play. But, you know, most people are probably not redeeming anyway. So I wrote an article on the site this week about choice hotels and about Copenhagen, and I'll talk about that in just a minute, Mark. Uh, But we have some other Vegas news really quick, and I think this will give everybody out there a chuckle. Circus Circus is now joining Choice Hotels Ascend Collection, their upscale luxury hotel collection. Um, We talked about it also on the MTM Vegas show. They put out a hilarious press release where they talked about, uh, you know, how great it is. Circus Circus adding... 3,700 rooms to Choice's upscale portfolio, allowing guests to stay in the epicenter of Las Vegas with fantastic accommodations, all of that stuff. Uh, so I guess I, on the miles and points side, there's another option. <laughs> Nothing says upscale like dirty carpet and creepy clowns, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. The uh, the we, press release is gold. I really love You know it. where uh, Benji's next Vegas write-up is going to be. How I use my Choice privileges two to one from uh, thank you points to stay at Circuit Circus. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and he's gonna enjoy every second of it. No, uh, no encore for Benji on the next trip. He's just gonna stay at uh, 
at Circus Circus. But speaking of Choice Hotels, I am a believer now in this thank you point to Choice Hotels uh, transfer, especially for Europe. At least in a small pocket of the world. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I I have seen some properties here and there as I've been searching that that would be okay. But then I found other, you know, options that I'd like better, even in the U.S. But uh, yeah, in Scandinavia, people don't know, there's a thing called Nordic Choice. And it's, it's basically its own program, although it's part of Choice Hotels. And there's a lot of upscale brands and for instance like clarion in nordic choice is a upscale luxury hotel whereas the clarion hotels i've seen in you know the united states are sort of like lower mid-tier i would call them uh, not really nice some of them really like an extended stay type of thing yeah so uh, i stayed at the clarion hotel at the copenhagen airport it was only twenty thousand choice points per night so ten thousand thank you points per night the room that i was able to book was really cool because it allowed me to book a family room which had a sofa bed and a king-size bed, which is an upgraded room. So I don't know if all the Choice Hotels are like this, but I was able to book anything from like a standard room all the way up through this uh, family room with the same amount of points. And the cash rate was like $450 a night. So it was really great. It included breakfast, so I didn't need to have status. And the breakfast buffet that it included was very elaborate. It wasn't like your, you know, your continental breakfast at Choice Hotels in the U.S. It was really like a high-end luxury buffet that you would pay for in the United States. The room was great. Uh, It was really close to the metro, you know, 10, 15 minutes into Copenhagen. And like I said, 10,000 thank you points a night. I earn a lot of thank you points with my old AT&T Access More card. I have a lot of thank you points lying around. So this has really uh, become a great option for me as I'm traveling around. And of course I have Hyatt, but Hyatt doesn't have hotels everywhere. Plus Mark, like I'm finding here in Europe, occupancy is definitely an issue as I've talked about. So Hilton, I'm searching. I'm searching Marriott, but I'm also searching Choice, and I think it's really cool to have this as an option. Yeah, I think uh, you know having City transfer two to one is kind of a game changer for for that aspect. Like you know, with the Premier card, you're earning six Choice points per dollar, which is kind of hard to beat. You know, the the redemptions can be pretty pretty good. You know, up to a cent or more. You're looking at that like you can earn six Hilton points on a lot of the same spend, but those aren't going to be worth as much as the Choice points a lot of times on the redemption. So this is kind of you know, next level. And it's, it's something that I'm looking at as like my third program. I'll still prefer to go to like Hyatt and Hilton just because the hotels are usually a bit better, but in certain areas, you know, like, like Nassau or, uh, Scandinavia, you're going to get great redemption. So definitely keep that in the back of your mind. It's not something people think about a lot, but when, when you need it, it comes in, you know, in handy, pretty big. I know there's a couple like in Venice that are really useful and, and you can get a good redemption there too. The other thing I really like is their website is very easy to search. So uh, you don't have to have points in your account. Super fast. It's super easy to sort of like do different searches, change criteria. And then also the transfers from thank you points are instant. So you just transfer them over as you need them. You don't need to leave points sitting there. So it's about as convenient, as good as it can get. I was a little well, slow maybe to figure it out, but I'm, I'm a fan. The one downside is what? What is it? 60 or 90 days? You can't book, you can't book further out than that for award redemptions? which is kind of yeah, annoying. I think, it's, I think it's 90 days, yeah. So there is a yeah. limit there. Which is perfect uh, for when you're doing last-minute uh, travel bookings. <laughs> but but when, you, yeah. <laughs> when you're trying to plan like a year out, you're you're kind of just gambling a bit, you know. I guess you book a backup hotel that you can cancel if you prefer the choice option and then just check when, it, when you get there. I, I haven't heard of anybody having a problem finding space when it opens up, but it's just something to keep in mind. Yeah, just as you say, it's great to have another option and it's great to sort of see how easy it is if it works for you. It's not always going to work. And like I said, there's been cities where I've searched 
and I found more preferable options with Hyatt or Hilton and I go with that, but I'm glad to have it. And then there's other times where I've done it, or at least this was the time in Copenhagen. It saved me a ton of money. The hotel was great. Like I said, it was a, a top-notch experience. So enjoyed that. Now, Copenhagen, if people haven't gone, is like an amazing city. I, I shared on Instagram and I've been sharing a lot on Instagram at Miles to Memories, if you're interested in that. My wife is sharing a lot of stuff as well, at Family RTW, if you want to follow her on Instagram, also on Facebook, uh, sharing all the stuff. But we had a great time in Copenhagen, and I redeemed points for the Copenhagen Pass, which included like all the transport, and that's on like metro, buses, trains, everything. Included a ton of museums. Uh, we went to the zoo, uh, included Tivoli Gardens, which is the very classic, uh, very famous 180-year-old amusement park right in the center of Copenhagen. It's right across from the train station. Copenhagen is just an amazing city. I just, it's my second visit there. I took my son there in 2015 and I just was reminded about how awesome it was. We spent four days there and I'm exhausted because we had that stupid pass and you know me wanting to maximize everything. I redeemed my points for it. So I'm like, all right, let's do this. So we went to like a bunch of museums, things I wouldn't normally do. Uh, and it's kind of cool because you don't have, like we went to the palace and I didn't feel like you fell I, victim to your uh, to your status once again. Your points. Status. No, actually, I didn't. So I actually enjoyed. It <laughs> I'm just I, when I would go, no, no, I was exhausted. But I would go to a museum and like, had I paid like thirty dollars to go in the museum, I would have wanted to stay there and like do it. But like, we go in the royal palace. I'm like, hey, if we're out of here in thirty minutes and we saw something, it's kind of cool. So we did that. We went to the Copenhagen Zoo, which, believe it or not, it's an amazing zoo. And I, you know, I, when I was looking through the different stuff that they had available, I was just trying to find like a mixture of okay, let's do some cultural stuff, some educational stuff for Ellie, but then I got to keep her interested. Um, so the zoo was really cool. We did a botanical garden. They have this really neat art museum that's in the old, like 500 year old reservoir that they used to use underground where they used to store all their water in like the medieval times. And now it's like emptied out and they put art installations down there, um, which was really interesting. Um, of course, the Royal, we went to a couple different Royal palaces. Uh, Tivoli Gardens was included, um, the ride, package wasn't included just the entrance to Tivoli Gardens so I was able to redeem chase points also for the ride package. What was the cost for the pass and then what was the cost for the the ride ticket? So the Copenhagen pass it depends on the amount of days you can do a one two three four or five day pass so we did a 72 hour pass and uh, and it's actually 72 hours so like if you activate it at three in the afternoon it's good for 72 hours you know later and we strategically used that because we were able to use it for transport to get to the cruise ship at the end um, but for the three-day, 72-hour pass was 108 euro, which right now, if you haven't been paying attention to the exchange rate, the euro and the dollar are almost one-to-one -one right now. So it's an amazing time if you have a U.S. dollars to be in Europe. And then, so Tivoli Gardens, I think, is about $25 to get in. That's included with the Copenhagen pass. And I think altogether, I didn't, like, add up every single thing, but we spent close to, like, 300 euros worth of admission for all the different things we did for that 108 euro pass that we got. So we really did get... A good value there and then i think the ride pass at tivoli was 35 dollars. and then again i redeemed chase ultimate rewards one and a half cents each and i was able to do that no problem at all so copenhagen one of the most expensive cities on earth denmark very very expensive the food's very expensive but that's basically all we had to pay for our pass all the stuff we did was included the transport was included hotel was included with choice points so it was an amazing value of like four days there would have been thousands of dollars if you add up the hotel all the attractions that we did and uh, it really didn't cost us anything but some uh, choice points or I guess thank you points and some ultimate rewards points and uh, we even did the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum which is 
You know those oh, stupid boy. ones you see in every city. <laughs> no, but I'm like, I'm like, all right, well, you see them in every city. I'm never going to pay for that. But you know, we were already by it. I didn't go out of my way to go to it. I was like, all right, let's let's do this. Uh, it was fine. I've been one once before on a similar pass. You know, not something I would ever recommend anybody pay for. But you know, it's interesting for the kids too. So yeah, it was fun. No, and that's it. Sounds similar to like the city pass here in the the U.S., which I did a write up on the New York version of it uh, a while ago, like years ago, and. That was almost like, I think, similar pricing, you know, a little bit cheaper, but it didn't include public transportation, which is kind of cool that they include that. So that isn't if you're going to Copenhagen, I, I think it's definitely worth it, worth it just for that. You know, if you're just using the, you know, and you go into like one or two museums, plus all the transportation, you're going to come out ahead. Yeah, they say that the average person uses the Copenhagen Pass for three things a day. There's like 80 different things you can do. Oh, there's also a boat tour of all the canals around there. Done. That we did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You would. Did you? Go- it does have Amsterdam vibes with that, with you know the canals and the waterways and stuff. So, but you can do all you want. So there's like 80 different things you can do, and it's basically all you can eat buffet. And a lot of them are like right in the middle of the city. So like I said, if you're not spending hours at a museum, you just want to pop into the castle to see, you know, like the crown jewels. We saw the crown jewels of the royal family, things like that. We I think we averaged five things a day, and we weren't like trying too hard because we weren't crossing. You know the city. There's also stuff that's further out, things like that. But I, yeah, I found it a great, a great value. You saw the crown jewels. Yeah, you did. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you go by the? Isn't there a place in Copenhagen that's like uh, they set their own laws or whatever? Like there, there's this little area that they're like, we're not a part of your government. We're our own thing. Did you guys go by that in the boat and or or anything like that? So when I did the boat tour in 2015, we actually went right by it. This time we didn't, but uh, yeah, we did visit there. It's called Freetown Christiana, and uh, we brought Ellie there, and it's, you know, sort of like a no man's land. It's known to be like, you know, drugs being sold out in the open. I didn't see any of that. Of course, we went on like a Saturday afternoon, so there were other families there. Tons of like really cool public art installations, and it has a really cool vibe. There's there was some craft breweries within this like lawless zone, and yes. it's a neat area to walk around. So you would really like it. It's definitely uh, your your sort of vibe. But even bringing a kid, I wasn't sure. Um, but there were even locals out there with kids, and it was a very sort of friendly atmosphere. Maybe not after dark. Maybe it turns into you know more of like a Fremont Street or something like that. I don't know, but <laughs> uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I definitely. Uh, we, you know, when we were in Amsterdam, we met a couple from Copenhagen, and we're still like friends on Facebook and stuff. And well, they're like an hour outside, and they said it's really expensive but beautiful. So we've been wanting to get there and, and meet up with them. So definitely on my list uh, to check out for sure. And you just sold me, hundred percent. First off, I think Scandinavia is an incredible part of the world. Uh, I visited Stockholm and Gothenburg and Copenhagen and a few other places with my son in 2015, and had just the absolute most amazing time and we're going back to some of those places now and I'm getting to visit some new places so maybe next week I'll talk about Stockholm and uh, what we're doing here I visited Stockholm in 2015 as well I think Stockholm is perhaps the most beautiful city I've ever seen Um, and then I think Copenhagen has like the most charm of any city I've ever seen as far as architecture goes so two of my favorite cities but I'll talk about Stockholm and you know the Vasa Museum and some other stuff in the next show. And then I'm also going to Helsinki, which I've never been to, going to Tallinn, Estonia. Those are both off the cruise ship. And then when we get back to Copenhagen, we're flying to Riga, Latvia, spending a few days there. Then we're going over to Lithuania for a little bit. 
And then we're flying uh, to Scotland and England to meet up with my dad. And I need to talk at some point. I, I we're, don't have enough time today about the planning process for that trip because it's going to put me in the ground, Mark. Like, seriously, I'm so stressed out about trying to get everything uh, planned. I would stay away from, like, the really popular areas of Europe this uh, summer because it's, it's not fun. It's really not fun to plan, and it's not going to be cheap. And, uh, you know, points will probably still get me far, but it's going to be a lot of points, right? It's going to be expensive on points. And... Uh, that's another story for another time. But yeah, we still got a, a bunch of time here in Europe before we head to Detroit for the uh, for the MTM Diamond Meetup. And so yeah, next week I'll talk about Sweden, Finland, Estonia, and uh, some other stuff. Yeah, everything sucks right now for planning. <laughs> yeah, but it's cool to go to these new countries and to see this area of the world. And like I, the architecture everywhere is just so amazing. As you know, in Europe, you've been. It, it feels just so different than the U.S. And then even going to different areas of Europe and seeing it. And all these cities are so old and the architecture is so stunning and beautiful. And, you know, it, it feels it feels almost like Disneyland in some ways, right? Like it just feels fake and perfect and pretty. Of course, it's not that. And I don't want to offend anybody, but uh, I, I really am in love with Scandinavia and, you know, Europe in general. We were in Spain before that and they have all that Gothic architecture. So for somebody like me, I, I really am loving it. And so nice to be outside the, the confines of my house. Let's put it that way. I... I am glad to not be uh, stuck at home like like I was for for so long during COVID. So uh, I'm I'm enjoying all of it. Yeah, for sure. It's good. It's good to get out and 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 get get some normalcy back for sure. Yeah. And so speaking of normalcy, will bring us to our last story, and that is Hyatt and lounges. I, I, anybody who's a Hyatt loyalist uh, knows that so many of the Hyatt lounges in the U.S. are still closed, and many of the hotels have told people. They don't expect them to open. I know, for instance, having a conversation with the manager at the Grand Hyatt Tampa Bay, told that they don't expect their lounge to reopen. I've seen that elsewhere. Um, some lounges have reopened. For instance, the Hyatt Regency Orlando uh, we've stayed at recently. They've reopened their lounge. Whereas the Hyatt Regency Grand Cypress, also in Orlando, says that they're never going to reopen their lounge. But you got some information from Hyatt Corporate, right, about where they are and sort of trying to bring things back to normal? Yeah, and that's what you know. A little interesting. We'll get we'll get into that a bit. Like my my thoughts on that, and why hotels are saying stuff and corporates saying different. But um, so I reached out to them because I was just thinking the uh, last week. Um, you know, I've talked about how Hyatt Globalist isn't quite for me. I don't think it's worth the sixty nights for the way I travel. And I've always been fine with Explorus, and you get the Lounge Access Awards, which covers me for the times I'm not staying at a lower-end property that comes with free breakfast like a Hyatt place and stuff like that. And then I'm thinking, okay, most of these lounges domestically aren't open, so those awards are pretty much useless, which you get, you earn four, or you earn them uh, at 20 nights, and I think 30 nights, you earn two at each time. So I'm like, hey, maybe they'll, maybe the plan is to allow these to work towards breakfast. That'd be a great, you know, perk, as well as offer some value to the the mid-tier Hyatt uh, members and so I reached out asking that question and then like what's going on with the lounges these certs for like a year or two haven't really been worth anything so she she did some digging and came back to me and and said no the certs are still only good for lounges that's the plan and the plan is to reopen uh, lounges we're working with the hotels uh, to reopen them you know safely in the near future so it sounds like corporate wants these things open which makes sense to me because you know, I've heard from from people that when you eat breakfast in in the restaurant, the, they're basically given that full amount of money back from from World of Hyatt. So when you're spending a hundred bucks at restaurant plus plus tip and stuff, they're getting reimbursed for that. So I would think you know whatever the reimbursement is for having a lounge open is a lot less than 
paying full freight for the food in the restaurant. Now, if that's true, yeah, I don't know, maybe they get discounted prices on it. But from what I've heard is they get most of that money um, from World of Hyatt. So I can see why World of Hyatt would want it. And then the hotels are saying, wait, I don't have to hire extra people to run this lounge. I can funnel them into this snack shop or the breakfast and then I'm going to get reimbursed for it. Like that's a, you know, that's a great system. So I can see why <laughs> hotels are like, no, let's keep it this way. And World of Hyatt's like, no, we need to get those lounges back open. I would imagine to be a part of the program, if they say you need to open the lounge, you need to open the lounge. If you're going to be a Hyatt Regency or Grand Hyatt, I don't think there's going to be a way around that personally. Yeah. And lounges, for those who don't know, they're really kind of set up for the business people. That's how they're, you know, they're envisioned for people to be able to, to work. And that's why they're generally a perk of having status and it's a it's a thing that they they give but also people pay obviously to to access them and in the US the lounges aren't all that strong with Hyatt I mean you know some of them are okay but like for instance the Hyatt Regency Orlando they opened up their lounge again for me that was a downgrade cuz the breakfast and what they gave you instead was better but to your point it's probably costing Hyatt a lot less money uh, to provide the lounge stuff and uh you know so I I feel like it's a mixed bag for from the side of miles and points like travel hackers. Uh, some people prefer the hot breakfast. Now, I don't always eat a lot of breakfast, so I guess, you know, in that case, it's good to have access to, like, drinks and snacks and, you know, maybe something light at night. Internationally, I'll take a club lounge any day just because generally a lot of hotels internationally, they're going to give you the full buffet breakfast anyway. Uh, and, like, in Asia, they have amazing buffet spreads, and then the lounge you're going to get you know, meals and everything at night. But in the U.S., I haven't found any great lounges or too many great lounges. So I don't know. I haven't missed it all too much, but I think it's yeah. good to be able to get them back. And it is a big perk. And to your point, with the stat- with them giving it out as part of status, Hyatt really needs to have more lounges or or those uh, club access certs are worthless. And while they're at it, maybe they can figure out something else to offer globalists who don't need them as well. Because for so many... I mean, I know they gave us the, the some points last year for the expiring ones. So hopefully... They can figure out something in the future because for globalists, those have really been worthless all along. Yeah, the only real perk of it is if you didn't guest of honor someone uh, and you booked a room for them, you could attach a cert for them so they could get access to your lounge since your status is only good for one room booked normally. But the guest of honor is kind of a way around that. Um, so that's like the the only real use of them. So it was always kind of weird that they were attached, but. Yeah, I think if they do open lounges, it's great for anybody that's mid-tier or has like 20 to 30 nights uh, a year. Anybody that's a globalist is probably like, no, I'd rather get breakfast in the restaurant or go to the stop and go and, and grab what I want and, you know, take a whole bunch of stuff with me. So it'll be interesting to see. I know you do like going up there and getting your Perrier, so at least you, you would have that back with the lounges open. <laughs> yeah, and they do have it at the Hyatt Regency Orlando. They have Perrier because some of the lounges don't even have that, right? They have cheaper water or something, but... Hyatt Regency yeah. Orlando, great staff there, I should say, uh, in our recent stay there a couple weeks ago or a few weeks ago. Great staff. They had decent selection of food, better than I remember them having in the past. So it was nice having that. It's a beautiful space, and it felt My favorite Orlando normal. hotel, for sure. Yeah. The yeah, one on international. We talked way too much about that hotel on yeah. the show over the uh, over the time. But, yeah, every I've, I think I've stayed there five or six times in the last few years. And it's still only a Category 3, whereas Grand Cypress went up to a Category 4. So I feel like it's winning even more now. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's great. As long as you don't get the suite that's right behind the elevators, because that's what they gave us, not this last day, but the stay before. We were only there for one night. It was like the same kind of suite that you had, uh, kind of a junior suite, like this really long rectangular room where like a couch is like a football field away. 
but we backed yeah, the up TV, the elevator. You need yeah. uh, binoculars to watch the TV from bed. <laughs> it's it's a very yeah. weird setup. But where our bed was, it backed up to the elevators, and uh, you could hear every bit of the elevators going up and down all what? night. It was miserable. Why not just throw a wall? I mean, the room's so big. Why not just throw a wall right past the bed and like separate it a little bit? It just doesn't make sense to me. I don't know who would want that set up. No, but when we stayed this it's last cheaper, time, I, I said, guess. Yeah, I said, please don't put me in the room next to the elevator. Uh, they gave me a one. They usually give me a one bedroom suite, so that's a nice. Uh, I love the thing. one. The one bedroom suites with the balcony overlooking the pool is is pretty. Yeah. They're pretty pretty great for sure. Yeah, so good to see that Hyatt's working on that, and let's hope more lounges come, because I know that's a big perk for a lot of people, a big benefit they look forward to. I love... Yeah, even like booking people that book into it that don't have don't have status and book into a club access, a club lounge room, like there's no point in that right now. Like there's no, there's no perk in booking into that, because they're not open, they don't give you breakfast, so it is a weird place to be. So they definitely need to get them open, one, to sell those rooms, and two, for anybody that has mid-tier status. Yeah, I think the hotels that are not reopening them are the ones that didn't sell a whole lot of those rooms, were the ones that were mostly giving lounge access to, like, globalists and things like that. That would be my guess anyway. Or they're not getting the same level of business travel that they were before. Um, But, yeah, either way, I agree with you. Let's get back to normal. Let's get this stuff uh, open. And, uh, yeah, it's good to hear that they're they're working on that. That's going to do it for this week's show. Joe is editing and producing it, so uh, you can find him at As The Joe Flies all over social media. He won't be with us next week, but uh, he'll be back soon, we promise. And we appreciate all that he does for us. Mark, where can people find you when they're not listening to this fine podcast? You can find me at Detroit Mark on Twitter. Email me, Mark, at Miles to Memories. Comment in any of the articles on the site. I'll get back to you there. Or, you know, social media, DM, whatever. However you want to do it. How about you, Sean? Yeah, so I'm all over uh, social media these days sharing all my travels at Miles to Memories. On Instagram is the best place to see it. You can also follow Miles to Memories on Facebook, and you can see all of our Instagram stories, uh, everything else like that. And then milestomemories.com for all of our articles. Uh, We have a a great team of people doing all of that stuff. And if you're interested in our Patreon group, uh, patreon.com forward slash Miles to Memories gets you access to our private Slack. We also have bonus content every week. We have our Spending Time podcast. We have some other cool stuff we're working on. We also have our meetups. So a Facebook group as well. So a great community of people there. And uh, also we have our YouTube, youtube.com forward slash miles to memories for Vegas stuff. So you can find us everywhere. And uh, if you like this podcast, don't forget to subscribe. Also, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, help us out. Leave us a review. We really appreciate it. Uh, It does help Apple uh, sort of prioritize us and uh, helps us find new people. We love all the new listeners. We're getting all kinds of growth in this podcast. It's really cool to see it. We appreciate all of you guys out there listening, reading, watching our stuff. Thanks so much for for everything. Talk to you next time. See you next week. Bye.